Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Latricia, and with me is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Latricia, and hello out there, Difference Makers. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Miss Opal. Miss Opal is the oldest living board member of the National Juneteenth Observance Foundation, whose initiative is for Juneteenth to become a national holiday. To bring awareness to the cause, she started her Opal's Walk second DC campaign in 2016. And Ms. Opal launched a petition to make Juneteenth a national holiday on change.org. And in September 2020, delivered 1.5 million signatures it had received to Congress. Ms. Opal believes that freedom should be celebrated from the 19th of June to the 4th of July. She is known as the grandma of Juneteenth. Let's welcome Miss Opal, how are you doing, Miss Opal? Real good, real good. And I always tell people that this is a little old lady in tennis shoes getting in everybody else's business, and she's loving it. Miss <laughs> Opal, will you tell everyone how old you are? I'm 94, and I'll be 95 in October. I'm pushing for my birthday. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's start out talking about Juneteenth. Well, there's an, I guess I have an assumption that everybody knows what Juneteenth is, but maybe they don't. So let's just start out by saying what Juneteenth is. Well, what's happening is that everybody doesn't know. And I'm hoping that we've made some people aware, but the gist of it is that there were people in Texas who didn't know they were free for two and a half years after the emancipation. When a General Gordon Granger with black troops, six or 7,000 of them, made their way to Galveston, Texas. And they began to let the people know that the enslaved were free. Now they nailed that General Order Number Three to the door of Reedy Chapel African Methodist Episcopal Church. And when the enslaved came in from their labors and somebody read that to them, we started celebrating and we've been celebrating ever since. <laughs> and see, I'm, I'm, I'm opposed to people thinking it's just a Texas thing. It's not a Texas thing because none of us are free until we are all free. And we're not free yet. So I'll tell you about those things a little later. <laughs> you mentioned that the celebration began on that day, two and a half years after Emancipation Proclamation, June 19, 1865. And we've been celebrating ever since. How long have you personally been celebrating Juneteenth and how has the celebration evolved? Well, I think I've been celebrating them since I was knee high to a duck because 
where I lived in Marshall, Texas, we would go to the fairground for the 19th of June and there'd be baseball, there would be sack races, there would be food that you cannot even imagine. You know, the red soda and the watermelon and the black eyed peas and the ooh, corn and peach cobbler. And it just makes your mouth water to think about it. But those were festivals. And when I came to Fort Worth, people sort of celebrated in their own backyard or with their friends. But I had a mentor. Her name was Lenora Rolla. And we were able to start what's called the Tarrant County Black Historical and Genealogical Society. And there was a group that had decided that they would do Juneteenth and the proceeds would go to little nonprofits that it was hard to raise money for. And that was Mrs. Marie Brooks, who was uh, the wife of Dr. Jack Brooks, and Marion Jap Jones, who was a principal eventually in the school system, and a young man named Henry Masters, who's the Reverend Henry Masters now, and several others. And they did Juneteenth uh, celebrations, but we did one. They decided that it was so expensive doing the celebrations, they never had money to give to the little nonprofits. So they decided it wasn't worth doing. And we ended it, we ended up with it at the Historical Society. Now we had a Juneteenth in a little park called Sycamore Park. We had 30,000 people in a three day period, 10,000 people a day. And if I tell you it was a festival, it was a festival. From the Historical Society, we brought out exhibits, but I don't think anybody paid very much attention to what we had to offer. And the park lights were due to be turned out at 10 o'clock, and they pulled the plug at 10 o'clock. And would you believe this old lady scrambled up on that uh, truck and put that thing back in there, and we danced and worked all night long. I mean, we had a ball. So Juneteenth have evolved. We have a festival, and I'm going to tell you about the festivals we have are a draw because we have so many other components to Juneteenth. And we are advocating that we really celebrate from the 19th of June to the 4th of July because we weren't free. 4th of July, 1776. And so we have the music, we have the art. Really, we took the art to the public schools and there were 800, 800 children who participated. And what they'd been given were the freedoms gained. When people were no longer slaves, they could name themselves, they could name their children, they could keep their children. They could, oh, they could work for wages. They could be part of the legislature. They could vote. There were so many things that they hadn't been able to do. And so the children drew 
about these freedoms gained. We've got the music, young people from different nationalities work together a whole week learning music from different of their cultures. And then they put on a concert, oh, at the end of the week. Then there's the Miss Juneteenth scholarship pageant. Girl, there's so much. Oh, then we have Empowering You, where we have vendors and people who can tell you how to buy a home, how to get your credit straight. The health mobile is there. We just have so much going that we really need to have the time from the 19th of June to the 4th of July to get it all in. Wow, that sounds so amazing. My daughter just moved from Fort Worth. Did she? I wish I had met you sooner and I could have come to a Juneteenth celebration. Hey, you can come, daughter or not. You just come on down here. Last year, because we couldn't do the parade that we usually do, we did a caravan. And I walked the two and a half miles and the cars followed me. I thought I'd have 10, 15 cars. We had 300 cars to follow me from downtown to Will Rogers Auditorium, that two and a half mile. The old lady was bush when she got there, but she sat down and waved and thanked every one of those people who had been in that caravan. Can you expound on why two and a half miles? Yeah, because it took two and a half years after the emancipation for the people in that area to know. Now, we knew that they knew, but they weren't telling them. You know, they had the crops to get out. And you should have known about, or maybe you do, churches had watch night all over the world. These people would pray for freedom all night on New Year's, you know. And it finally came on the 19th of June. Listen, if I'd have been there, I'd have done a holy dance. I, I, I know I would have. <laughs> And Ms. Oprah, as you are speaking, I'm learning even more about Juneteenth. I didn't know anything about it until about five years ago. Okay. And I'm seeing how many principles are aligned to it. You're speaking about cooperative economics with teaching people about credit scores. You're speaking yes. about. Yes. <laughs> There's so much to it. This festival is a draw. I don't know how many pounds of food we were able to give away. And we have a Miss Juneteenth uh, play. It was written by Greg Ellis. He was a former cowboy. And it is so good. And the Miss Juneteenth pageant, the movie, is off the chain. I have a part in it. I'm able to die. Yeah, I do. I'm not Miss Juneteenth, but I got <laughs> <laughs> so it's creativity in there too and collective works and responsibility and purpose there's just so many of the quantum principles in there and um you walk two and a half miles but that's not the only walking that you have done no you not really i don't want to give the people the impression that i walk two and a half miles 
from Fort Worth to Washington. That's 1,400 miles. But that's what I started out to do. Okay. I got to get, I gathered some people at my church, my pastor, the church musician, a county commissioner, a school board member, and a lot of others. And we had a little ceremony. And I left the church and walked two and a half miles. The next day, I started where I left off. I'm on my 1,400-mile journey, and I got through Arlington, Grand Prairie, Dallas, Jopper, Box Spring, when my team says, you're not going to do it like that. And their reasoning was the group had offered us a RV so I wouldn't have to go home or to the hotels or whatnot, and they reneged. They decided that what I was doing was too political. So my team said, you'll only go where they celebrate Juneteenth and when, where you are invited. And if I tell you, I was invited all over these United States. I mean, I went to Shreveport and Texarkana and Little Rock and Denver and um, Colorado Springs. I went to... Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, ooh, I was all over. I went to Atlanta and down to the Carolinas, all over. And if I left September 2016, I did get to Washington um, 2017 in January. We had asked um, President Obama to walk with us from the Frederick Douglass House to the Capitol, but he was in Chicago. So I didn't get what I wanted, but I'll keep on walking. I'll keep on talking until Juneteenth's a national holiday. And with all the work that you've done and with all the national recognition, why isn't Juneteenth a holiday yet? We we were so close to it. We took a million five hundred thousand signatures to Congress back in September, and a Senator Conyer had called for the vote in the Senate, and he had one lone dissenter. The man's name was Ron Johnson. Now Ron Johnson had authored a bill that would have made Juneteenth a national holiday instead of Columbus Day, it didn't pass. When our bill came through, he wouldn't vote for it. So it died. And I went to the National Press Club this year. And while I was there, um, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas and Senator John Conan, they offered bills, one in the Senate and one in the House of Representatives, which resurrected our being able to get it made a national holiday. So we're gung-ho that we have another 1.5 million signatures to take before Juneteenth. And we are asking everybody to go to Opal's Walk to DC, the number two, opalswalktodc.com and find the link where you can sign the petition 
where we could have another 1.5 million signatures to take to Congress. We don't let, we don't plan to let them forget it. We're not talking about one day, the 19th. We are talking about a movement where people understand that if people have been taught to hate, they can be taught to love. And we advocate each person is make themselves a committee of one. And you know people who are not on the same page with you. It's your responsibility to change their mind. And they can be changed. Yes, they can. <laughs> yes, indeed, they can be changed. Now, I saw that you met President Obama. Was that before he left office or after? Because you mentioned 2017. Oh, I met him more than once. Okay. And do you want to hear how I met him the first time? Well, I'm in Fort Worth and I'm looking at the television, I think, and I see where the people are wrapped around the convention center getting in to see President Obama. Well, this old lady got her wheelchair and two friends and we went to Dallas. And I was able to go through the handicap door and they they sent me up so that I could look over the balcony and see what was going on. And I left the wheelchair and one person and the both of us, two of us went downstairs and I kept saying, excuse me, excuse me, until I was right up there where he was. In fact, so close that they took a picture and my Family wanted to know if you were that close, were you going to kiss him or bite him? Well, they put it on a T-shirt and we found out he was coming to Fort Worth. And so I was able to give him a T-shirt with our pictures on it. That was my first meeting. I've been to both inaugurations and then I met him the very, very first time when he was considered running. and. You know, ah, I think we almost kissing cousins because I've seen him so many times. How has he contributed to Juneteenth becoming a national holiday? Just being Obama is contributing, but I have written, <laughs> look, you got to consider. Here's a man who pre- has been president of the United States. That wouldn't have happened in my day and time. You know that? So I hold him up, you know, to young people to say, this can happen for you. This can happen if you apply yourself. You know, nothing is beyond your reach. I, I just sort of wipe their face in it. I do. <laughs> I've had a letter from Michelle because I was part of a group that started a food bank that's servicing some 500 families a day. And I was telling her about the food bank and telling her about a program where I polled people standing in line for food and 666 of them said they were willing to farm. So I asked the water district and they gave me the use of 13 acres. And we are working with people 
who have been incarcerated and can't find a job, we pay them to farm. And when they finish the program, because there's more to farming than dropping a few seeds in the ground, they get certification from one of the colleges in the neighborhood and they are good to go. You know, they are entrepreneurs. And in this pandemic, people are having to learn how to plant and what to plant in their backyards and on in vacant lots. So it's coming in handy. Yes, um, we do a section um, towards the end called Good News, and that kind of goes with our good news. So you'll mm-hmm. hear that when we do the replay, when we send you the replay. As you were speaking, you spoke about last year. Last year, it seemed like people were so curious about Juneteenth. There were a lot of change of events last year. And I have people who are senior to me who had never heard of Juneteenth, and they heard of it last year. Like There was a sense of pride that seemed to be shifted. Why do you think there was a change last year in Juneteenth, um, the curiosity of it? Well, we we like to think that we were able to make some of that noise that uh, made the change. But again, the climate's right. You know, we have these things that happen to us periodically. You know, we have the tornadoes and the things that destroy people. And we all come together, you know, and help each other out. And then we get lax. No, we don't do anything. And so we are trying to keep Juneteenth before the people all year long so that it won't lag, you understand? There's too much connected with it, too much that we're trying to convey that freedom is for all of us and none of us are free until we are all free. Early on in the introduction, Phyllis mentioned that you have this petition and you mentioned that you had taken a million five hundred signatures to Congress. What made you create the petition? Well, I just didn't want people to think it was just one little old lady in tennis shoes asking for this. I wanted them to know that there are millions of people. They just not voicing what they want. And so I thought I would see if it couldn't be done if they couldn't hear from them. And I know we're making some noise. (laughs) You must know that Trump tried to take over. He was going to do something on Juneteenth. And the people told, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. And so he tried to say that he's responsible, bless his heart. (laughs) I tell you. I wished I could be in a room with him for just a little while. I'd bring him to his senses because he needs to be brought to his senses. Poor child. Mm -hmm. You talk about taking somebody to the woodshed. Ah, how I'd like to do that. (laughs) You didn't ask me for that. (laughs) Well, it's funny because we we almost was we wanted to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) because we remembered he said that people wouldn't know Juneteenth if it wasn't for him. What dumb rascal. Where has he been (laughs) under? What rock has he been all these years? (laughs) Yes, just the people that he's connected to. 
probably we're familiar for sure. With. Mm-hmm. He's to be pitied. That's all I can say. He's to be pitied. Miss Opal, it's several times throughout this episode, I wanted to call you Auntie. <laughs> I answer to anything, honey. <laughs> You're just so inspirational. And I'm just thinking about all the things that you've done within the last 10 years. And I can't imagine what you've done in the last 70 years. And I just appreciate your time. I know Thank that you. you also have a book coming out. Can you tell us? I thought book? you never asked. I thought you never asked. Look, look at it. It's called Juneteenth for Children. Can you see it? Can I bring it down a little bit? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I wrote this for the little children. Oh, do give me a minute here. I have a, a tremor in my hand. And I go to the doctor for it. And you know what my doctor said? He says, can you put your fork up to your mouth? I says, of course I can. He said, you don't need no medication. You'll be all right. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that picture of the children. Can you see it? Yes, ma'am. It's beautiful. Okay. So that's Grandia Opal Lee telling the children, one of the children asked if I'll tell them a story about Juneteenth. That's what that picture is about. And then I tell them how people that look just like me had to pick cotton and they weren't happy about it because they didn't get any pay. Then I go to the next page. Oh, bear with me. And I tell them how they were made slaves, that they took them from their fathers and their mothers and brothers and sisters and brought them and made slaves of them. Now, I told them they've been taught about slaves in the Bible, but they weren't like these. I think that's very important to say Mm -hmm. because we talk about um, fallacies before, and that's a fallacy people go to. And so then I tell them, what a long way it was across the water where they took these people from and that a lot of them didn't make it. They didn't live to get to the States. Miss <clears throat> but don't give the people too much. Don't give them too much. No. <laughs> <laughs> Am I running out of time? Oh, no, I just didn't want them to be able, I just didn't want them to buy it and not have too much of the information. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, come on, come on, come on. So I told about the ships that they came on. I told how they worked and didn't get paid. I told them about a president like President Obama who gave the um, Emancipation Proclamation. His name was Abraham uh, Lincoln. I told them that. I told them how slaves had watch night services in the churches, waiting for freedom every New Year's Eve. And then I told them where Texas was and how long it took them to get the news that they were free, two and a half whole years that they were still slaves when they didn't have to be. And when they learned that they were free, then this General Gordon Granger came with 
six or 7,000 black troops and he told everybody that they were free and he nailed that general order on the church door. And when they found out they were free, they started celebrating and we've been celebrating ever since. Oh, there was the music and the people dressed to the nines, put on their very best clothes, you know, to celebrate. And so then the word, because it happened on the 19th of June, that word became Juneteenth. And that's the story of Juneteenth. And the kids loved it. And of course, it's got a teacher's guide in the back of it and all that kind of stuff. How about that? That's great. And I'm going to have to buy it. When does it come out? Oh, it's out. And Amazon has it already. Okay. Well, I yeah. have to get it because I'm a teacher. One. This one is by Charles Taylor, and it's for the upper grades. Okay. And it's been out a long time, and you can probably find it on uh, Amazon, too. Yeah. Well, Miss Opa, can I get my sign? Yeah. Okay. I want a signed one. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> now, listen, I got to tell you about these things that we're doing in Fort Worth because we want people to be aware. We do a flag raising. That happens on the 1st of June. And then we have a breakfast of prayer. Not a prayer breakfast where you're going to sit down and eat a lot of food, but we do have food after the prayer breakfast. And we're going to have the Miss Juneteenth Scholarship Pageant. That's the 5th of June. And your voice unleash that workshop, you know, I told you about where the children get together. They we're going to have that. The art exhibit. And then we're going to have Opal's Walk. And if I tell you, that if we start at 10 o'clock in the morning, the people in Philadelphia are gonna start 11 and the people on the West Coast are gonna start at eight. We'll all be doing it together nationwide. I'm so happy. I don't know what to do. I just, oh, I'm delighted. What day is the walk? Is the walk actually on June 19th? Huh? Is the walk on June 19th? Yes, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay, I'm going to be sure to yep. get out there and walk. And, yeah. And you tell me again where you are. We're in North Carolina. Right. So find out, because that sounds like the East Coast to me. And they will be starting at a Pacific time that will have, have them with us at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So we all need to get together. Mm -hmm. And if they haven't got anything going, Start one. Okay. And Miss Opal, this is on your website, correct? Mm-hmm. Opal's Walk to DC. Mm -hmm. And that's an S behind Opal. Uh-huh. Opals. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. And it's the number two. Number two or T-O or T-O-O. -O. I did them all. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any more questions? Uh, no, ma'am. Is there anything you want the people to do? Yes, ma'am. Principal challenge. Live them out.
sign that petition. I'll say that over and over again. I did mention the fact that you could contact your Congress people and ask them to vote to have it made a national holiday. That's something that people can do and sign that petition. Thank you for having me. Ms. Opal, thank you for giving us your time and so many laughs. <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. <laughs> we have too. It has been so much. <laughs> it has been so much fun. Thank you so much for being and, here. And if, and if you come to Fort Worth, you just stand in the middle of the street and say, Opal Lee, and somebody will point you in my direction. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, we know that you are famous. No. <laughs> famous in Fort Worth, Texas, and nationally. I mean, if you Google Juneteenth, I mean, Opal Lee comes up. <laughs> if, you, if you Google Juneteenth, Opal Lee comes up. Can I share something with you that just, oh, I'm riding with my daughter and I get this call from a young lady at TCU, Texas Christian University. And the chancellor and I are good friends. And she tells me that TCU, the chancellor and the board of regents have decided to give me an honorary degree. Can you believe it? I, I, I don't know how to act, I really don't. And so it will be, when they convene in the spring, I'll be Dr. Opal Lee. Can you see me wearing that little old lady in tennis shoes? <laughs> what an honor. That is wonderful. I got to get me another pair of tennis that don't look like the ones I've been wearing. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> but it's been fun. And like I say, I'll keep on until we do get it a national holiday. I will. Why are you so passionate about Juneteenth? Oh, it started such a long time ago. I don't know if I told you. My parents bought a house here in Fort Worth. And on the 19th of June, 500 people gathered and they destroyed that house. They didn't want us in their neighborhood. My dad came with a gun and the police told him if he busted a cap, they'd let the mob have us. Um, my parents sent us to friends several blocks away and they left under cover of darkness. They ripped the furniture, they burned the place. It was really tacky. And I always think if they, we had been permitted to live in peace, how we could have shown them we could have been as good a neighbors as they were. I don't have any idea if that shaped what I'm doing, but I just know that I've got to get it over to people that we can get a lot more done together than we can apart. And that if you can teach people to hate, you can teach them to love. And I want to do that. That's beautiful. Simply beautiful. Well, once again, thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> We're so glad to have met uh, you. 
Thank, thank you, ATL Paul. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> Love having you for one of my young'uns. I'm glad, glad, glad. <laughs> for our next section, open your heart, minds, and ears as we spread the good news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. Hawaii is the 49th state to recognize Juneteenth. The Black diaspora would like representation everywhere. Some Hawaiian families with Black ancestry can trace their lineage back from the South to Hawaii starting in early 1900s and would like to be more connected to their Black ancestry. A Juneteenth celebration is a huge step in the direction for them. Juneteenth is also being celebrated across many colleges. These colleges range from HBCU, rural colleges in Iowa, and prestigious colleges such as Penn State. So it's also being celebrated at the collegial level across America now. Fulton County in Georgia is putting a twist on their Juneteenth celebration. They are aiming to expunge 300 plus criminal records by Juneteenth. African Americans are more likely to be found guilty even when innocent or sentenced with harsher crimes. Fulton County's unique approach showed that there's still a fight for equality and freedom 200 plus years after emancipation. They are doing something about equality. That concludes our good news for today. Latricia, what's our soul snack? Our soul snack for today comes from an African proverb, and it says, if your mouth is in someone else's kitchen, it cannot get its independence. That's our show for today. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time, expand your mind and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles Podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.